You are listening to a podcast of the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. CCEF is committed to restoring Christ to counseling and counseling to the church. You can find our podcasts, books, articles, videos, and many more resources for Christ-centered pastoral care at our website, ccef.org. Welcome to CCEF On The Go. I'm your host, Alistair Groves, a faculty member here at CCEF. Today, I'm sitting down with my friend and colleague, uh, specifically New England colleague, Robin Huck. Robin, thank you for joining me here in the office. It's nice to actually be in an office in New England with another physical person rather than doing this at a distance, as I often do. Face to face. Here we are. This is great. It is great. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Um, Robin, we, uh, a bit ago, did a podcast on, uh, I think the title was something like uh, Headship in Marriage, and we were specifically working off of a conference talk that you had given and zooming in on one particular question that you'd gotten in the question and answer that you're like, you know, I would love the chance to expand on that. Um, And little did you know at the time that you're going to get even further chances to expand (laughs) on this topic uh, because we got uh, someone who uh, emailed in to the podcast and said, Hey, I appreciate what you guys had to say, but can I ask you a further question? So just background for those of you who may not have caught that one, and if you haven't, you should trek back uh, a little bit and see if you can find it with uh, Robin and myself on Headship and Marriage. Uh, It'll give you context, Um, although this one will stand alone. You don't have to listen to it first, but you might want to. Anyhow, all that to say, um, the the context of that one was kind of thinking about, like, how do you help men who are kind of checked out. Uh, they're not really engaging necessarily. We want to see them lead better. Well, the question coming in was, okay, what about men who are uh, engaged? They do things. There is, there's a loving, supportive, they're, they're there, um, but there's not a spiritual leadership. How, how do we encourage them? And I'll add a sort of second half in my mind of the question uh, as I'm distilling it here, which goes something like this. Not only how do we, in general, we, the church, help these men, but how do I specifically as a wife, you know, if I'm the woman here who's married to this man, um, how do I encourage him in spiritual leadership without taking spiritual leadership away from him? What does it look like for me to be um, caring about the spiritual leadership in our home, seeing it not happening, um, but not then uh, usurp the role or push in a way that's unhelpful. So there's sort of two questions. How do you help in general and how, how do you survive um, in that situation? How do you handle that as, as a wife? So feel free to kind of approach those in either order. Um, yeah, what, what, are your, what are your initial thoughts? Well, my, my first thought when this question came in was that, oh yes, this is a thing. She nailed it. She really did um, expose something that um, is unfortunate, but, you know, we we do have men and women who uh, display great spiritual prowess out in church and in their Bible study group and in their fellowship groups and are comfortable talking the God talk. Um, and it's, they're believers, they're strong believers. Some of them are leaders of the church, elders, deacons. Um, but then we get home and something is different. And uh, I, I have really spoken to a lot of women who experience this. They're 
believer husbands just don't take up this spiritual headship mantle at home. And it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for them, um, especially as they are raising children and they know we've got a window of opportunity here and I really want to take this opportunity and but I want to do it as a, a team and I it, so so it is a great question and it is a difficult one um, can I jump in for a second please I'm, I'm actually um, <clears throat> I'm intrigued to hear your sort of this is the direction mine was going mine was going a slightly different direction and so it might help us to go and, and see if we can hit both of them I have been picturing more the the husband who who doesn't talk to God? Talk. There's not a lot of that. See, like good guy cares about the family, not like you know. Well, I think we'll ca- I think we'll catch that in here too. I think, but but I just wanted to uh, show that this is not just the uh, the man who does not. There's not. A, there's no spiritual maturity in this man. It's like, well, that's actually not the only situation we're thinking about here. There's actually a there's a, there's a situation where you have someone who, right. in principle, seems like he should be able to do this. Right. Um, shows these skills in other places, but it's not happening in the home. Yeah. As I read her huh. question, that's that's what came across to me, okay. that she said that these are men who are engaged in church, attend Bible study, speak in Bible mm-hmm. study, speak or have fellowship groups, stuff like that, and they seem to be engaged in this. And then the wives say, but at home... That's not happening. Yeah. 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 Okay, so um, I kind of like both questions, but let's start with the one that you're thinking about, which is... Um, yeah, okay, you've got this guy who, who has the gifts, has the skills, shows them in other places. What, um, what do you make of that, or where do you go with that? What's your, what's your instinct? My instinct is that um, we live in a time when I think um, women sometimes actually have spent more time at reading the Bible and studying and feel more comfortable speaking about the Lord than their husbands do. And I think that there is a a hesitation for some men who feel like, well, I don't do this as well as she does. And so when we're together, it's really not my strength. Um, And so that that wife has has to encourage this guy and, and recognize that you know, it's okay that's, that, that that's the case. Um, there's also a, a, a gap in our own experience. You know, culturally, many of us grew up without this being modeled. Many of us have not seen it happen. Um, and so we're at a little bit of a loss to know exactly how to do it. Um, also, gotta, and, and, this, and this piece of reasoning catches, catches both groups of men, the, the ones who, who is, is not a, a very, very much engaged in church as well. But we live in yeah. a very secular culture. And, uh, you know, reading the Bible at home is not cool. You know, it's if if our kids go out and say, oh yeah, well we're reading the Bible at home, and you know, and it, it's we are exposed as as that family, and as Christians, you know, it's it's a little, we have to 
put on the armor of God and say, okay, this is my, this is my place to be, and I, I will willingly um, be that person. But Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I'm just even thinking, <laughs> looking at my own experience, thinking like, it, it is not easy, especially if you have children that you're trying to involve in something, you know, the, um, the simple fight for Yeah, they don't want to do it necessarily. And, you know, <laughs> being all present for more than four minutes in the same place, trying to like, talk about something or listen to a reading, like, it is not the easiest thing. And it's not, you know, it's not nearly as instinctively engaging for your kids as most of the children's books or the TV shows. Anyhow, so it's, yeah. you have a lot of strikes against you having this in the best of situations. Um, can I ask a just real quick specific sort of practical question. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how much experience you've had here. One question um, that pops quickly into my head is, okay, let's, let's go back to your scenario of you've got a husband who's got some spiritual wisdom and ability to speak about the Bible, but you've got a wife who has spent more time. And any neutral objective observer is going to be like, yeah, she's probably got more biblical depth to her knowledge than her husband. Now, in I immediately want to start by saying it is never a bad thing to have people with vastly greater biblical knowledge than you around. I don't care who you are or what your position is. Like The more biblical knowledge, the more biblical depth in the person you're next to, the better. Like That should be a clearly accepted principle, right? But, but that does leave you in this then sort of challenging situation. Here's the question, just practically. Um, would, you, would you encourage always, sometimes, or never for a couple in that situation to take the approach of the husband says, hey guys, let's all have some family devotion time. I'm going to read us a passage and your mom is going to share some thoughts. Is that, in, in your mind, is that like, yeah, that's great. That's the husband leading and setting his wife up to use her skills. Or is that like, uh, that's actually a recipe for disaster because it totally is going to end up with, it's, it's just him punting. Like, how do you, how would you see that? I, I see it as fine. I see that as um, teamwork. Um, okay, good, because I've told people to do that. <laughs> um, I think is is teamwork, and I think that is kind of the back and forth that we want. That's that's going to encourage him more and more because uh, I think one of the best ways that that wife can encourage her husband is to say, you know, come back. What do you think? You know, so these are my thoughts, and and what do you think, dear? What, um, in you know, have you seen this in action? So so actually, prompting the engagement of conversation with the kids or not, you know, you know, whether it's a couple by themselves or uh, with children there, you know, I want to say that there's a level of humility that we need to have. And, um, and when we are the person who says, oh, but I'm not the most knowledgeable person in the room, okay, you're not. But that's okay. You can speak anyway. You are, you know, you carry the spirit of the Lord. You are are learning and growing, and and to be willing to learn and grow along with other people, especially along with your spouse and your kids, is just a beautiful thing. The couple that I think I saw do this best was a couple who they were they are. I I just don't. I'm, they moved away, so I don't have contact with them right now. Um, very humble folks, and um, and they came to the Lord um, after their children were all born, and 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 somehow God got a hold of them, kind of in a, a, a pretty good uproar. It was just like a bang; they got struck with the Holy Spirit, and everything changed. It was quite an event, and they realized 
everything does have to change. And, and we don't know what to do. And neither of them had ra been raised in Christian homes. And they were like, we need help. And, and they said that to their kids. You know, their kids were, I think, between the ages of 10 and 3 or something like that. And they said, you know what? We're going we're gonna to go in another direction now, kids. And, and we're going to be learning right along with you. And that's exactly what they did. And I think they're kind of still in that mindset as their kids are now in their 20s. And they're saying, we are learning along with our kids. And it's really, it's been a beautiful, beautiful journey for this family to uh, step into the Christian life together. Um, and so I think that's the mindset that we really need. And what these, what these folks did, this, this husband and wife, is they sought out a coach. They, hmm. they realized, okay, they're, you know, he, he came from an athletic background, and he said, I, I don't know how to do this. I, I need a coach. And, I, and because he knew, like, everybody needs to, to learn the sport somehow. You need to know, the, you know how to do it. But also, even, I, I realized later, even a professional, you know, somebody who's really good at, needs somebody to look in on their life and have, you know, an observation as to how things are going and, and stuff. So, so one of my thoughts is how do we encourage men is we give them coaches um, or a coach. And, um, and that's how I think the church can be helpful here because I think men need to learn this from other men and, um, and pastors and church leadership in particular should be trying to wear this uh, title of coach for the men, husbands and dads. Um, I actually, the, the man who just took um, uh, the pastorship at our church um, about a year ago, um, his, his email address had previously been coach for dads. <laughs> cool. That's the way he saw himself, was a coach for dads. And, and there's no shame in having a coach. No. Like that's, yeah. And I think, I think I'm speaking as a man, but I would think for most men that that would be a fairly instinctive. Like the idea of needing coaching or having a coach, I mean, the, the further you go in professional sports, the more coaches you have, not the fewer. Um, and, uh, and the more you expect that coach to be in your business and telling you, you know, minute tweaks. And so that, I, I, I like that. And, and I'm struck as well, even just thinking about, uh, you know, your, your con I don't remember exactly how you said it, but something along the lines of you don't have to know everything. And I think so often we get that wrong. Like, uh, and I, I was going to say, especially as men, I'm not even sure if that's especially as men. No, it, it, it's, it's not the especially idea as men. Whoever knows the most ought to be the leader in whatever situation. Like you should always have, and it's like, no, you can lead. In fact, the best leaders are the ones who surround themselves with people who are better than them yeah. at the various things that need to happen. You know, you're, you're a foolish leader if you feel like the only way I can lead is if I'm the best at everything. Um, and so as a man, if you are married in God's grace and kindness to you, to a woman whose biblical breadth of knowledge or depth of knowledge or spiritual insight or discernment or ability to apply things well or to put, articulate biblical truths is, is better than yours, Praise the Lord. That doesn't mean you abdicate and run away and say, okay, well, you do it. It means you say, guys, come come sit and let's talk and let's hear what mom has to say. Let's let her speak into this. And uh, I think your comments of, of how encouraging her to also invite 
him into that is a good, when you have someone who has some skill and ability to speak, that's going to be uh, a good sort of mutually building up um, thing. Go ahead. I want to say something more to the wife in a minute, but another idea I had about um, how churches can be helpful here is uh, I, I was brought up in a church that had an annual family retreat. Um, I don't even know, as a kid, I don't know whether they had men's and women's retreats. They may have. But the big one was the family retreat. And, um, and they had times when the, the husbands and wives had their own group during the day, uh, and they were taught certain things, and the kids had their activities and stuff. But, um, and then I remember having a time that the families got together on their own. And honestly, my memory isn't good enough to know exactly what happened, but I'm, I'm hoping that what was happening, <laughs> what, I, what I could imagine a church doing to approach this particular problem is to have, at a family retreat, men be coached in one area of, you know, of leadership and, and encouraged, women being coached in another area and how what support really looks like and engagement and teamwork really looks like. And, um, and then have a family time where they get to practice that right there, like before dinner or something like that, and before the whole big group gets back together, to have each family have 20 minutes to practice there at the retreat before um, going back home to try to continue it. But, I, you know, I love that idea of uh, the family retreats that we went on back when I was a kid were the best. Mm. I loved them. And unfortunately, and it's still a lament of mine that uh, the, the church that I've been in, we've been in for a very long time, has not had family retreats. And I wish we had that uh, when our kids were growing up. But Pastors, if you're listening, uh, you can take that and you can put it on the, the marquee out front. You can say, Church family retreats are the best. I love them. Put it in quotes, dash, Robin Huck, CCEF. Uh, there you go. That should be all you should need to bring the hordes of families coming oh, to Oh, put my retreat. email on there. I will be That's your good. cheerleader. I, I will be all about that. <laughs> That's good. Robin, you said a moment ago you, were, you had something else to say to wives? Yeah, the, because, to your... because, oh boy, have I been in that seat of prompting my husband to do something the way I wanted him to do it. Uh, only to, to discover later that actually he was doing it just in his own way. He was not following my agenda, but he was following an agenda that was better for him. And so I think we need to be really cautious that, that if we are saying you're not being a spiritual leader, um, well, uh, are, do you have a list in your head that says, well, a spiritual leader would be doing this, this, and this, and this, and this. Well, has he signed on to that? Has, does he agree that's what a spiritual leader would be doing? You know, are you, I, I've got an illustration to use on this one. And, and going back to uh, our dance class days, and um, when we were starting to learn to dance, you would learn a dance together, and you would learn, OK, you put your left foot here, right foot here, you know, da-da-da-da. And then you were supposed to be able to do it. And with the understanding that the, the man was the leader and the woman was the follower. Now, if the woman caught on quicker, the, she would temp, be tempted to try to push 
her leader into the move, which has the term backleading, is what that's called. And even it's extremely awkward. Um, and you know, my husband is over six feet tall. I am <laughs> much shorter than he is. And for me to try to lead him into a move was just a foolish thing because you know, it just doesn't work. It's just very awkward. Um, and so what, what our instructor said was, look, if he is the leader. He's got, if you say, we agree, you're the leader, you're the follower, he's got the position. He is leading. Even if he's standing still, he is leading. Just not the same move that you right? want to do. <laughs> yes. you know? so, so follower, stand there with him. Wait until he makes a move and see which direction he goes. And so we were taught to follow what the leader was leading, whether or not it was the dance step we just learned, whether or not it was what I thought was going to happen next. And for, for our illustration, for our purposes, we need to have a conversation. Do we really agree on what is the role of a spiritual leader? Do we agree on what we want to do with our family? Do we agree on what we want to do as a couple? Um, these can be difficult conversations when pride gets in the way. Sure. But when we, yeah. But when we approach with humility and say, we haven't done this particularly well, have we? I'd, I'd be interested in doing this. Are you interested in doing this? Can we go forward with this? Um, and then we'll be wanting to do the same dance step, basically. Um, and, and, but it takes a humility on both sides. It takes a desire to be um, patient. Uh, you know, you, wanna, you have to be patient with each other and not be pushy and not think that, you know, Spiritual leadership, what does it look like? You know, there really isn't a prescribed, this is what it looks like in the Bible. It's, you know, we're to talk about God. I mean, you know, we go back to Deuteronomy 6, I guess, in, in, the, in the talking about God, you know, whatever we're doing. I, do you remember that book that we had to read when we had the class on counseling children? It was a book that Julie Lowe uh, required, I think it was called Everyday Talk. Everyday Talk. It was. This is like the biggest gotcha moment of my podcasting history here. Gotcha. It's like, do you remember this? Like, Julie's going to listen to this. If you don't know what I'm talking about, like, and oh, we were in that class together. I so, that well. uh, I, I, I have used that book huh. it, since then, and I have um, suggested it to folks. So that's why. And I even, uh, in my before we got into this conversation, I looked it up and it's still, it's still out there. It's still on Amazon for about 10 bucks, you know? So it is a book that, that really encourages you to do this everyday talk about God, about his glory um, with your kids. And um, I found it both very convicting and uh, really encouraging. So that's uh, something that might be a, a help to people who are just a little tongue-tied on how do we talk to kids about God. Well, I greatly appreciate this, um, Robin. I appreciate these thoughts. Obviously, we've only just scratched the surface of what spiritual leadership even looks like. We're talking mainly about 
uh, sort of a more devotional aspect with the family. And obviously there's a lot more spiritual leadership than simply are we reading the Bible or are we doing something sort of clearly, explicitly, directly spiritual and pulling everyone together for one moment. But um, I suspect for, for many people who are asking the question that launched our, that launched our conversation, um, that is one of the key things that they're feeling or feeling a lack of or, you know, where they're standing standing still or, or the dance is going and they're like, um, excuse me, dear, I believe this is a foxtrot, not a waltz. Um, so anyhow, we, um, we scratched the surface. I appreciate these thoughts. Will you just pray for folks, men and women, who find themselves in this situation to close us up? Yes, I will. Heavenly Father, uh, you call yourself Father. You ask us to see you as a father, um, as the ultimate father. And uh, that's, those are big shoes to, to fill. And so I do pray for men who see themselves as um, ill-equipped, unequipped, not, not quite ready to take on this mantle. Um, and I pray that they would be encouraged that they have that mantle and that you have promised that you will give them everything they need for life and godliness. Uh, and so I pray, Lord, that they would recognize that it's okay to not know everything. It's okay to approach with humility and to um, just desire to love their families well by walking forward um, in, in developing faith alongside them. And I do pray for their wives, the women who may be frustrated with where things are at um, I pray that they recognize that they may be married to a man who is leading in a different way than they expect or maybe want, but maybe he's more of a doer than a speaker. Maybe he is acting out his faith in serving more than he is speaking about it. But I pray that they would see the value of that as well and to see that as a type of spiritual leadership, but also encourage him to speak. Um, because God wants us to bring words to him in prayer, um, and, and we're given words to be in communion with each other. So I pray, Lord, for husbands and wives to, to grow together, to learn together, to, to develop faith, to, to grow closer to you um, in humility uh, and in communion. And I thank you, Lord, for this great opportunity that we have to live together in fellowship as husbands and wives. I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I thought I might offer you the chance to continue this conversation, not so much by tackling the direct topic of husbands and spiritual leadership, but rather by talking about uh, submission and protection and being helpmates more broadly. Robin has put a ton of thought and time into this particular topic, um, and she's actually written a series of three articles on, on submission called uh, Submission, the Dreaded S-Word. And uh, she goes into great depth with her own personal story, uh, doing different things. But the, uh, the particular resource I wanted to offer you for free until the next podcast goes up would be her second article on understanding the submission, how it works, what it, what it looks like in action. Now, of course, you may want to uh, read the first one before you get there, and having read the second one, you may want to go on and read the third one, which really gets into it. Now, what happens when this all breaks down? Um, but uh, that second article on submission we will link to on our website, so you can find it at ccef.org slash podcast, uh, and it'll give you instructions there, but you can just enter the code podcast at checkout to get that for free. Don't hesitate to shoot us an email at podcast at ccef.org if you've got questions or thoughts for us. 
And we appreciate you listening. Until next time, blessings. Thank you.